This episode of Fermented Adventure the Podcast features part two of our interviews from the American Whiskey Convention. It was recorded at the Independence Seaport Museum in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on September 10th, 2021. This episode of Fermented Adventure the Podcast is sponsored by Brewskits, handcrafted dog treats made from spent beer grains, oats, barley, and rye. No chemical preservatives, a great source of fiber, and packed with protein. Visit brewskits.com to see the full selection of treats for your dog and your cat. Receive 15% off your first order by typing in two important words, Fermented Adventure, at checkout. Cheers! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, craft spirit enthusiasts, and those interested in the intoxicating world of craft distilleries, cideries, meaderies, wineries, and the occasional foray into breweries. It's Rich Shane, and welcome to Fermented Adventure, the podcast, where we bring you the fascinating people that are making the mash, fermenting, distilling, bottling, pouring, and delivering to you some of the finest libations in the world. Before we get started, here are a few housekeeping items. Thank you for bringing the podcast into wherever you are and whatever you're doing. We truly are grateful that you've chosen to listen and make us part of your day. It would mean the world to us if you left a five-star review. This helps us climb in the rankings, and it makes it easier for others to find us. Don't hesitate to leave us your comments as well. If the podcast didn't meet your expectations, tell us why. We're always striving to improve. You can find us at fermentedadventure.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook as Fermented Adventure. Email us at fermentedadventure at gmail.com. All right, FA Nation, let's meet our guests. Papa Fox Distillery. We're like, we love you guys. What does the American Whiskey Convention mean to you? Well, you know, this is our first time here. So, um, uh, Laura, they, they um, I think, met us down at um, Mount Vernon, the distillery there. And Steve Bayshore. Yeah, Steve. And, and they were like, oh, would you come? And I'm like, what? you know, well, we don't really sell a lot of whiskey in Pennsylvania. We, we sell out in Virginia. And- but guess what? Pennsylvania needs to know more about you because you need, you, you need to sell more in Pennsylvania. Well, we need to make more. We're, we're working on that. We're making every day. But... Um, I tell you, being up here, there's a great group of presenters, and the crowd's been great, and this museum, um, I love boats, and I love Philadelphia, and I love being here, so I'm coming back. Now, you have two great locations. Talk about your locations, and talk about what you're looking to do and expand. I mean, one of the things I find is that your locations are destination locations. Uh, You know, we do have people from around the world that come to see us. We've... uh, I've run into a couple people here that, uh, before opening their distillery, they came to us because they knew what we were doing. Uh, you know, we're dedicated to malting our own barley, and we use uh, 100% Virginia grain. Our first distillery in Sperryville, it's right next to the Shenandoah National Park. Uh, it's a 1920s old apple um, uh, processing plant to make apple juice, and it's like 20 yards from the Little Thornton River. So that's where we have cocktails when you come to Sperryville. It's beautiful. It's magical. That's where it all started. Uh, but we started running out of whiskey, and we needed more capacity. And so I found this uh, other site in Williamsburg. It's a, it's a motor lodge. It's a motor in, right? Well, it's a six-acre site with nine buildings with a rolling hills and a putting green and a 40,000-gallon pool and a three-quarter acre pond. So it's a little bit more than a motor lodge. Right, but when you drive up to it, it's like got that 1950s vibe of like, you know, Ozzy and Harriet walking in. But guess what? It's not that 1950s. You've made a huge improvement to that location. It's um, It's been really fun molding that place. And um, 
so we continue, we, we expanded the malting facility there. It uh, works beautifully. We're able to get all these new flavors. And I didn't bring any with me today. Great. He didn't bring any with him today, but... But end of the month, we'll be launching. This will be an exclusive uh, on the podcast here. I'm announcing we got the label approval. We got the formula all done. Uh, the whiskey's ready to go. We're waiting for the labels to be printed. At the end of the month, we're going to have a chestnut finished bourbon mash American whiskey. Do you see the drool coming off like there? Chestnut. 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 Copper Fox. The the same distillery that brought you applewood and cherrywood smoked malt. Peachwood single malt. Uh, the sassafras single malt rye. Now, at the end of the month, we have a good amount of chestnut finished bourbon mash whiskey. Now, I'm drinking this single malt. Talk about the single malt we have in our glasses. Oh, man. Um, well, what you have is a... Um, a version of our original single malt, which was about three years old. It was uh, two years in uh, chips with a used bourbon barrel with toasted applewood and oakwood chips. Another year in a, a um, uh, regular bourbon barrel resting. And the whiskey was great, but we got a hold of some dessert wine barrels. So these uh, port style You're like wines. a mad scientist with bourbon, aren't you? Uh, no, man, this is just, is it any, I, I, need, I need some, I need some. <laughs> Um, so it's uh, three three extra years. I'm talking to the distiller. You're like, I need some. You can get as much as you want as often as you want. I have to work. <laughs> I have to work. So this it's, is it's this is years. this it's, is incredible. Your your expressions are amazing. When you go to the distillery, really, you're in Williamsburg. You're in Spurryville, but there's so much to enjoy about your distillery and all the expressions you're making. Why, well, thanks, uh, Rich. You're um, you're very kind. Uh, we are having a. Um, a good time, but I got a, a staff that's dedicated to making great stuff, and we don't mind experimenting, um, and the good experiments we share with you. Well, here's to your experiments. Here's to your staff. Here's to Copper Fox Distillery. Rick, thank you. Uh, cheers. cheers. Cheers to you, Rich, Sean. And Peter, the American Whiskey Morgan, Convention. Jesse, David. Are we, are we leaving anybody out? Probably. Chelsea, <laughs> Mom. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, buddy. Chad, Eight Oaks Farm Distillery. Yes, sir. Now, you're a veteran. I am. And what's really, what, what should people know about, like, being a veteran farm distillery, yeah. everything that you guys do? Yeah, I think really more than the veteran piece, there's the farm piece, right? What we're interested in is being a family farm distillery that grows all our own grains. So wheat, rye, corn, barley, we grow that from scratch with the help of our friends at New Hearts Farms. And we grow that stuff and we take it from the seed all the way to the bottle. So it's just a, it's a good thing for our family to be involved in. Um, when we started this business six years ago, we started, it, we started it because my wife was diagnosed with colon cancer, actually. And that was our big wake-up call. So as an Army guy at the time, that was our signal to get out of the Army, spend more time together with friends and family. We wanted to start a business that our family could participate in. We wanted something to do with agriculture and we wanted to have fun. And this is what it's all about. What has the journey been for you? Like, what are some of those aha moments that you've experienced along the way to where we are today? Oh, my goodness. So many of them. Every day there's aha moments, right? So, you know, I think, I think what it really comes down to is what's your purpose? Like, what do you want to do as a company, not just as a distillery, but as a company? What is your purpose? Our purpose is at the heart of everything we do. We want to make our community a better place. That's the bottom line. So anytime we have that opportunity to do that, whenever we need to check our map and figure out where we're going, the compass is the 
thing that points to the purpose of, of, of our company and making our community a better place. So when we have to make decisions, we say, hey, what does this do for our community? Does it make it better? Then let's do it. So that's kind of, that's that was my big aha moment over the last couple of years is why are we even doing this? You know, really trying to figure that out. It's a much harder question to answer than to ask. So the American Whiskey Convention, what are some of the spirits or the expressions that you're pouring and allowing people to understand and meet with you today about? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got a couple of expressions of our bourbon and a couple of expressions of rye. So we have our regular straight bourbon and straight rye today. Uh, all of it, again, made with corn grown right on our farm. And then we have two expressions of those exact same products, but then we take those and we age them in a wine barrel. So our bourbon is made with, uh, is finished off with a Pinot Noir and our rye is finished off with a port wine barrel. So those four expressions, I think, kind of cover the whole spectrum for everybody here tonight. I have to ask, because yeah. I'm a big fan of Eight Oaks, what what, what's on the horizon? What should we expect in the future? And what's on the horizon? There's always something cooking, right? So we're always trying to do something a little bit different. I think pay attention to Applejack, because there's a lot of room for Applejack. Well, you do a barrel age, we don't you? We already do, yeah. We're yeah. doing, and it's getting more and more, and it's it's aging further and further into its uh, life cycle. So I think you'll see a lot more and a lot better quality Applejack on the market. Um, so watch out for that, and watch out for some gin, too. There's going to be some neat gins coming out as well. Chad, thanks so much for taking the time to visit with us. Pleasure. Good, good seeing you again. You too. Cheers. Catoctin Creek Distillery. Yes. Becky, hey. so this is the American Whiskey Convention. Yes. What's this like to be out? We talked a little bit about, like, this is the first time you're out and about talking to people. Yeah, I've only seen two-dimensional people in tastings for the past year and a half, and it's so great to see three-dimensional people and to, you know, share, share conversations with people again, um, see other people from the industry and be able to kind of, you know, see see the folks that we used to see out on the road all the time and it's just great talk about as a distiller talk about you know really what this means for you to introduce your products to people that have never had Catoctin Creek it's really fun every year you know there's there's some people who have heard of us or some people who've tried one or two but what's great is when you can kind of meet someone and they'll come up and they'll say oh do you have a bourbon and I say no we only do rye and they're like oh well I only drink bourbon and I'm like try this and so I pour them my little gateway rye and they're like wow this is really good and to me that's what whiskey shows it's the magic of a whiskey show because so often we get into our own comfort zones and when you go to a whiskey show, it's really easy to persuade somebody to, to kind of step outside of what they think their preferences are and to kind of try something new, try something different. You know, oh, try something with a little smoke if you don't like smoke or try something without it if you're like my husband and that's all you love. You know, it's, it's, it's really a great place to experiment and to kind of connect with different makers and their stories. So as a distiller, what is it about rye that you gravitate to and why is that so like important for you? In a lot of ways we are inspired by the story of whiskey. You know, when you look at the history of whiskey in the mid-Atlantic, it was all about rye. Um, you know, it grows on marginal ground. It's a cover crop in the winter. It was a great way to turn grain into money. And, you know, we're really inspired by that history. And so we wanted to talk specifically about that in the mid-Atlantic. And so we just kind of started there and we just never looked back. I've just been fascinated by the, the 
the flavors that you can find, the terroir you can find from working with different... See, Robin Robinson would call it provenance or provenance, yes. not terroir. He gets, know, he, gets so up, he gets so upset about that. But it's interesting. You read some of these people who've done chemical studies, and it's there. It, there is an argument to be made for the influence of the soil on the products of that soil. Look, this is why Maryland-style rye, Monongahela-style rye, Pennsylvania-style rye, Virginia-style rye, Kentucky, you know, in all those things, you can have a, a, a glass of rye and they're all different, and right? isn't it wonderful? When I started our company tw 12 years ago, 80% of the ryes you found out there came from one distillery and everybody tried my grain to glass rye and said, this doesn't taste like rye. And now you can go and try a California rye. You can try rye from Oregon. You can try rye from all over the country and they all taste different. And that was the story that I was super excited about as a maker to make rye the kind of category that brings excitement just like single malt, just like bourbon. So all this time, what excites you about what you do as a distiller, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur? You know, I'm really passionate about growing the, the small independent distillery community, about creating opportunities for all our small businesses to grow. And I think that all the consumers out there are way more excited about trying new things and exploring all these new and different flavors as you get more and different people involved in it. I think that the, the emergence of a vibrant craft scene has caused even the big guys to do more innovation than they've done in the past 20 years because they can tell that there's appetite for it. Yeah, I mean, when you look at what the small craft distillers like you are doing, I mean, it, it's like the idea that it takes how long to turn a battleship around, right. how long to turn that you know aircraft carrier around, you as a small craft distiller can wake up and say, you know what, I'm going to order this, we're going to do this, and we can see what the public will enjoy, or we can see what we'll distill today. You can turn on a dime, and I think what they're seeing based on what you've done over the number of years that you've been doing it, wow, you're forcing them to change they're not changing to the whim, but the people and what you're doing, right? Exactly. We're driving innovation. We're driving curiosity and creativity. And I think that what is amazing is that all the people out there who love whiskey and love spirits are so excited about all the new things that are coming to market. And it's driven by the curiosity and the passion of all these entrepreneurs. So speaking of like all this new stuff on the horizon, what can people expect? Like what are you experimenting with? What's in the distillery now that people can be excited about coming forward? Well, it's not available right now because we just had our second release, but we had a really exciting collaboration with the metal band Guar. They're a Virginia band and of aliens, and they came and helped us create a bespoke whiskey for them. It was so much fun, and the packaging, and we came up with a bar top that has the head of each alien on it. And so it's super cool. If you look up Ragnarok Rye, it um, is something that you can see, and it's really amazing. It sold out almost instantly, but we're looking forward to doing a new release next year with even more. What we did was we took our rye and we did some experimental treatments with some staves in the barrel.
girls to add different flavors to the rye and just kind of play with it a little bit. And we had a really great time with the band. They were super into the idea of what we were doing. And if you look up um, the, the Ragnarok rye, you can even see some of the band helping us make the whiskey and bottle it. That is so fascinating. I mean, here's the thing. This is why I love the American Whiskey Convention because we get exposed to all the creativity and just the the genius of what you're doing. So thanks for taking time to speak Absolutely. with us. And we look forward to all the great things coming out of Catoctin. Thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. Mark Sheets, hey. Pennsylvania Farm Bureau. That's right. Now, you told me something interesting just a second ago. What was it? Without farmers, you guys would just be selling steamed water. Now, let's face it. We're at the American Whiskey Convention. What does this event mean to you? Well, we really look at the, 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 the distillers as our customers because we're growing the grains from corn, rye, wheat, barley, oats to make the distilled alcohols and stuff that the consumers want. So we're the, we're the first place that the distillers come to is the farmers. So Farm Bureau is here because we want to make sure that these distillers are buying their grain from American farmers. And if they're in Pennsylvania, from the Pennsylvania farmers. So what does the Pennsylvania craft movement mean meant to the Pennsylvania Farm Bureau? Well, we're looking at a lot more niche markets. So instead of us just selling our grains to the feed mills, now we're marketing them to the distillers and the malters to, and we're getting a better price for it. So if we can get a better price for it, that makes us more profitable and we'll be able to save more farmland for the next generation. It sounds like that's important to you and your family too, right? Yes, my family farm is up in Sellersville, Pennsylvania, Bucks County. Uh, it was started in 1747. I'm the 10th generation to own that farm. So my ancestors landed here in Philadelphia in 1738, okay? So I'm engulfed, I'm, in, I'm entrenched into this county and this area, and I wanna make sure it's profitable for the next generation. I have kids that wanna be farmers, so that's why I joined, one reason I joined Farm Bureau is because Farm Bureau works with our legislators to make sure that the laws and the regulations are beneficial to the Pennsylvania farmer. And our legislators know this, we talk to them continuously, um, and we make sure that they know what our position is as Pennsylvania Farm Bureau. And Pennsylvania Farm Bureau is a grassroots organization. All of our policies start at the grassroots, which means down at the farmer level, and goes from county, state, national level. Pennsylvania Farm Bureau is the biggest organization, farm organization in the state of Pennsylvania, and American Farm Bureau is the biggest one in the nation. I appreciate you here at the American Whiskey Convention being here to enlighten people and making sure that they remember what goes in that bottle came from your farm. That's right. That's right. Like I said, without us, you'd just be selling water. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Yep. Have a good day and have a good night. Thank you. Yep. Thank you very much. Bob Piano, Gallows Hill Spirits. What's new? Uh, new bourbon. 
bourbon something new that uh, we've uh, we're on our new our, our third version of this one. Uh, this one's out. It's uh, it's pretty good. It's now talk about your bourbon. What have you changed the mash bill on it? Have you changed the age on it? Uh, we've changed the age. Um, of course, we're going with five gallon barrels, so we age it for four months. Uh, we've done blending, so we've got multiple barrels going at all times. If you went with a single barrel, you're kind of stuck with whatever profile comes out. Uh, this batch, we had one batch or one barrel that was very cinnamon, and the other batch kind of had a maple syrup kind of nose to it, um, and we blended those together um, to try and bring the bring the cinnamon level down and the sweetness to get rid of as much of it as possible. So talk about what the American Whiskey Convention means for you and Gallows Hill Spirits and the partnership. Uh, for us, it's just a way to get the word out. For us, again, we're relatively new, so it's just a matter of enhancing our presence, making sure people know who we are and where we are. Now, other than those that haven't listened to our podcast episode yet, how do people find you? Uh, you can find us on the web at gallowshillspirits.com. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, all gallowshillspirits.com. Um, you can give us a call. Um, we're out there. Uh, we're in Allentown, PA, so uh, not far off Route 78. So Now, it's early September. You guys got a great event coming up in the end of October. The end of October, uh, based on our history, uh, the last witch executed during the Salem witch trials was my eight times great-grandfather. So that's why everything's Gallows Hill Spirits. So that naturally brings us a tie-in with October. So in October, we've got a couple events going on. We're going to be at Lehigh Valley Screen Park. Uh, that is a haunted attraction in, in the valley. So we'll be there every weekend uh, serving up our cocktails. Uh, at the distillery on uh, the day before Halloween, we're going to have a karaoke and a Halloween costume party. Then Halloween night, we'll actually have a couple druids coming in, and they're going to open up a witch circle, which is a very interesting thing to watch. It's uh, as much pomp and circumstance as I've seen in any highly religious ceremony. It was very interesting to watch the first year we did it. Great spirits, great fun. Gallows Hill Spirits. Thanks, Bob. Thanks. Appreciate it, Rich. Bye. Looking forward to seeing you again. Jen, Uncle Nearest. <laughs> What does the whiskey convention mean to Uncle Nearest? So um, we're happy to be here. This is the first year that we've actually been here. Um, we were supposed to be here last year, but we were home with everybody else. COVID kind of screwed it up, and I'm so grateful that we get to talk this year. Yes, we're happy to be here. Um, we are the most rewarded um, bourbon whiskey of 2019 and 2020. So um, it's really important that we get the name out to everyone and get the juice in everyone's mouth. Talk a little bit about the Uncle Nearest story. For those that don't know the Uncle Nearest story and why this is so important. So Uncle Nearest was an enslaved man in the 1800s. Um, he made whiskey for a reverend farmer in Lynchburg, Tennessee. Um, also on that farm was a young chore boy who wanted to learn how to make whiskey. So Uncle Nearest mentored that young boy, taught him how to make whiskey. That young boy eventually um, bought the distillery from the farmer and then hired Uncle Nearest to be his master distiller. That young boy was Jack Daniel. Um, and so Uncle Nearest was the first known African-American master distiller. Now, that's one of the things that I find so fascinating about when you learn more about bourbon, there's that underlying history that is not told that is now being told. Yeah, it's very important to tell the story and that is our CEO, Fawn Weaver, that is probably the most important thing is that we tell the story. So 
um, when I do staff trainings, I do questions, you know, I give away things to people that were paying attention because when I leave, I want them to be able to tell a similar story or, or close to the story that I tell to the customers. Now, the expressions that you have here today and the expressions that Uncle Nearest distills and produces, talk a little bit about, like, what are you looking for? What are you really striving for? And it is award-winning. You've really created some first-rate spirits, even in a young distillery. So, I mean, we're looking for whiskey for everyone. We're an American whiskey. Um, we want to appeal to every demographic, um, every gender. Um, and I think we've done a great job with that. We make a great product. Um, Victoria Butler is our master blender. She's also um, Uncle Nearest, Nearest Green's great-great-granddaughter. It's once you start peeling the layers back on the onion, you it, it just becomes so more interesting, so more like when you when you take a bottle and you pour a glass, you're not just drinking whiskey, you're not just drinking juice. You're drinking history in a bottle, right? right? Right. You're having a moment. And I think with the times, that moment is relevant now more than, than ever. What can the whiskey bourbon consumer expect coming forward from Uncle Nearest? Um, just, uh, you know, a great pour. <laughs> I mean, um, you, you can't go wrong. Our small batch is amazing. It's um, seven years aged, 93 proof for people that like a lower proof whiskey. And then our premium whiskey is 100 proof, um, blend of barrels aged eight to 14 years. You know, for people that like something 100 proof or more, you know, so there's something for everyone. Thank you so much for spending some time. I, I, I love the Uncle Nier story. I, I love learning the things that I don't know and the things I should know. But more importantly, trying your spirits, enjoying your whiskey, that's what really makes it for me. Yeah, and, and I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. And thanks for being at the American Whiskey thank Convention. You. Thanks for having us. Phil. Angel's Envy. Yeah, Talk about Envy. Angel's Envy. Awesome. What do we got here today? So uh, this is Angel's Envy. This is a uh, port uh, wine finished barrel. Um, we age the bourbon for four to six years, and then we finish it up to six months in a ruby port barrel, and it gives it a little bit of a sweetness. Um, so Not just a little bit of a sweetness. This is delicious. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm happy that you say this. Uh, I, I like to I'm think of this. More. Good. I, I like to think of this as um, either an entryway into bourbon uh, for those people that aren't really into bourbon too much but want to try something new, but also the people that love bourbon, they want to try something different. They're gonna try this and they're gonna be oh, okay. Cool. This is gonna switch it up a little bit uh, So the gentleman Lincoln Henderson who started Angel's Envy uh, Used to work for Brown Foreman for almost 40 years and then when he retired uh, His son was like dad. We're not done yet. Can we can we start our own bourbon company? And uh, so he was like fine and so sure enough. This is his legacy. It's Angel's Envy and they started in 2011 so why the wings? So, and you, you, I got, I got my wings on. But why, why the wings? So we're doing something uh, called Toast the Trees. It's our initiative in September. Uh, every time you make a barrel of bourbon, you have to use a brand new barrel. So with Toast the Trees, what we're doing is, if you take a picture, and I'm going to show you right here. So if you take a picture of um, an Angel Envy cocktail, 
or a bottle and hashtag toast the trees and post it on your social media, Instagram, Facebook. We plant a tree for every single picture. I love that. Yeah, so we're, we're having these uh, wings on. So it's a conversation starter. And uh, so you were like, oh, what's up with the wings? What's well, up with the wings? yeah. Now you're so, telling me what's so up with the wings. So now we know. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to toast to the wings, yes? Yeah, we can toast the trees. Toast to the trees, toast yeah, to the wings. Yeah. Toast to the toast. American Whiskey Convention. Yes, toast. Cheers. Cheers. Thank That's you. tremendous. I would tell you one of the things about this, just so I can share. Yeah. I mean, you said this is like if you're not a bourbon guy yeah. or you're introducing yourself to bourbon or a bourbon gal. Mm -hmm. One of the things I find with this is this is a nice sipper. You can do this all the time. Oh, this yeah. is a nice dessert bourbon, too. And I don't know if there's a characteristic or a, a, a level where you'd call something a dessert bourbon, but I think that's there for this. So uh, it's funny that you say that we also have a rye that we age in uh um, rum barrels for over 18, about 18 months. And that is a perfect dessert bourbon. It's, it's a lot sweeter. It has that thickness to it. It's, it's delicious, but yeah, I can honestly see that as a dessert bourbon too. And, uh, we're also trying to make some new dessert cocktails to go along with it. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. This is awesome. Angel's Envy. Cheers. Cheers. James Middleton. We're doing something with fire here. What are we doing? Uh, we're smoking cocktails today with my own invention called the Smoke Top. Wait, this is your invention? This is my invention. Show me this invention. You got it, brother. You got it. So I'm going to add a little uh, cherry wood chip. Wait, so you got different wood chips here? Yeah, I've got nine different flavors. i got four here today, so apple, oak, cherry, and cinnamon. For you, I'm going to do a little cherry, a little cinnamon, and we're going to smoke an old-fashioned with that. Holy cow. Do it up, man. You got it, brother. So, light your torch face it down. As you can see, the glass is filling with smoke. It only takes about three to five seconds. Now, this what is this base made out of? Is this wood as well? Yeah, so it's American cherry. So this will also smoke over time, Absolutely. and do you have to replace it? Yeah, so about 500 uses. And so American cherry is also our flagship flavor as well. So even if you were to just burn the device by itself, it's still going to impart delicious flavor into your drink. How come nobody's ever thought about this before? And I hope nobody ever does that again, because then you can corner the market. I have. <laughs> this is incredible. Wow. So... How do people find this? How do they get this? Is Middleton, is the torch is the torch in the kit? Are the yeah, smoking? We, everything you see here we sell. So middletonmixology.com or we're also on Amazon as well. And how long has the business been in business? So the I started Middleton Mixology at the beginning of 2020 during the COVID pandemic. Um, but the concept itself I've been working on for about six years. Just as a bar manager, I developed this to use on a Friday, Saturday night for my bartenders. I had no idea I was creating the next great product of, of 2020. This is incredible. Can I try that? Absolutely. Please do. Tell me what you think. Oh, man. I love the nose. Yeah. I can smell. I, I, I love barbecue. You can smell the Absolutely. cherry. You can smell cinnamon notes in there. Yeah. This is incredible. And it, it's, it's not just for cocktails either. You can smoke cheese, meats. I smoke my coffee in the morning. You can smoke some ice cream with cinnamon. It's fantastic. Wow. And it, it, doesn't, it doesn't taste like campfire. It's a nice, toasty flavor. It's like toasted marshmallows with cinnamon sprinkles. That's exactly what I get. Yeah. If, if I took my favorite bourbon or my favorite whiskey, this is like my now, this is my drink now. This is amazing. Awesome. Awesome. That's what I'm going for, man. That's what I do this for. James Middleton, here's to inventors, entrepreneurs, geniuses. You're a genius. Thank you, sir. Thank, Thank you. you. Cheers. Cheers.